let's get it going. Where yeah, do we go? let's get it going. Are we going by? What do you guys want to go by? Name wise, yeah. You cool with Steve O or like? I'm fine. However, you want to work it. Okay, we're gonna like do. So you want to be Steve O, Uncle Steve? Oh, yeah. Well, you want to be Dad? Yeah, I'll be Steve O. Steve O. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll be Olek. Olek. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Uh, Dad, do you did you prepare with the categories and everything? There's categories. He's joking. Okay. Hilarious. <laughs> All right, ready? Yes. Ready. All right, three, two, one. All right, folks, it's top billing time. We got a special draft Thanksgiving week, getting to the holiday season. It's time for family gatherings. So Ricky Flicks and I thought for this week's episode, we would have, we'd start the holidays a little bit early. So we have Dr. O Sr. AKA Olek on for this ultimate eighties draft, as well as our uncle Steve, Steve up. These two grew up in the 80s. They showed us many of the movies that we're going to be talking about today. We're excited to talk about them and uh, dissect them. And we always have some great conversations off recording. Let's bring it to the pod today. Boys, how are we feeling? Welcome to the pod. Feeling great. Really excited to be here. Good. Yeah. Dave and I not only grew up, but we ruled the 80s. Ruled. <laughs> in what fashion? <laughs> well, too long to go into. Well, some other time. <laughs> I was still the 80s. Uh, that's enough. That's enough. And these guys are more than qualified, not only because they lived through the 80s, but we got a filmmaker himself, an artist, a poet, and Steve-O. And then we also have a historian, an educator, joining the pod in Olek today. So we got the family going. It's a family affair. Let's go over the categories before Ricky spins the wheel. And then well, we know Dr. O, our Dr. Track o, I think we have to address something here. Because we're doing this, obviously, because of Ghostbusters Afterlife. So uh, let me just say this. We all saw the movie, but uh, Steve-O, your uh, quick thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife. Well, I always try and be positive. So I had a great time with you guys, you know, ahead of time. The the theater, a little chilly, but it was a great time. I, there were elements that I liked, but Clearly not as, as good as the, as the original, but oftentimes that's the case. But what were the words that you used to describe this movie when we left the theater? Right, what were please. the words? Direct quote, please. Words. Since, since we're recording, I, I'll just, I'm going to keep it cool. Just, uh, I, again, not, not, my, I, not my cup of tea. I'll just <laughs> say that. I, I, I'm willing to say it for you, but I, I won't say it unless you don't want it to be known. No, that's uh, again. I, I have future plans. I have no need to alienate anybody. Oh. So. I know, like he, we have a close relation relationship with director Jason Reitman. You know, we don't want to upset right. him in future endeavors, future projects. So we understand completely. Uh, Olek, what were your thoughts on this uh, sequel to the Ghostbusters franchise? You know, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a, a good uh, way of connecting the past to the present. I thought that. Uh, 
they brought out some features that they, you know, with the ghost buster mobile that weren't utilized in the original. So I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, it really does a great tribute to Harold Ramis. And you can tell the love that there is for him by Reitman Sr., Reitman Jr., Murray and Aykroyd. And, uh, you know, so uh, for nostalgia's sake, you know, I, it, w- it was definitely enjoyable and one you could take the whole family to. Couldn't agree more. And I agree 100%, especially with the fact that you said the tribute to Harold Ramis, the tribute to the entire franchise as a whole. It seems like it righted a path that was taken from 2016's Ghostbusters with the female-led reboot. Seemed like that was an epic failure. And this one is more what the fans are looking for. They weren't necessarily looking to make this masterwork of sorts, but they're more looking to please these fans. So couldn't agree more. Nostalgia factor. Okay. So let's get to the draft, boys. Five categories here. We have for the Ultimate 80s draft, you have to pick one Oscar winner in any category. doesn't have to be a best picture. You need one comedy. You need one drama. You need one action adventure slash blockbuster. You also need one miscellaneous pick of your choice. You could double dip in a category or just go off the grid. We will now decide the draft over draft order. Ricky Flicks, spin the wheel. Let's get it going. Can people see my screen? Yes. yes. It is visible. Um. Funny how that works. Ricky Flex, where do you want to draft? Um, I will go number two. Number two for Ricky Flex. Okay. The rest, the rest of the draft positioning is now up for up for choice here. Steve O, where do you want to draft? I guess I'll, I'll go first. Ooh. Pressure. Number one overall pick to Steve O. Down to senior and junior here. These are wild. All right. This is Doc, meaning me. So it's Doc Senior on the board here, too. I will take the fourth pick in the draft. Fourth pick. So, uh, Olek, you're having the third pick. All right. Steve O, Ricky Flix, Olek, and then myself, Dr. O. So, Steve O, you are officially on the clock. Okay. So I'm going with Action Blockbuster. My pick. Okay. If you want. Yeah. And so again, I'm new to this. I'll, I'll go briefly my rationale why I chose the movie. Whatever you the, like. The, the choice first. All right. Oh, so well, I bounced around here. You asked last minute changes, but I went with Platoon. 19, wow. <laughs> so what, what category? Coming. So we're Wait, taking so you, this. Action adventure. Is that where we're taking this? Action blockbuster. Platoon. Okay. Wow. Wow. Rationale. This, I, I thought of your, your standard ones, certainly, but then this one, I had this actually as my Oscar winner, but then I bumped it to get a different movie in. But this one, when I saw this in the theater, I saw this at college with a fraternity brother. And you know how some movies you get so sucked in, you forget you're watching a movie. <laughs> that happened with this. I was there. And I remember almost, I, I felt a little shame when the Viet Cong was rushing in. The, one of the guys was in a foxhole. He could have mowed down like 10 of them, but he would have been done. But he instead, in the foxhole, covered some dead bodies over him so he could survive. And I felt that right there, that fear, I would have done the same thing. And afterwards, I, 
I felt bad about that, but it was just, it was so enthralling and so gripping. I remember walking out of my fraternity brother was just saying, I would not, not have survived. I would have not survived. And so it's just powerful. And Charlie Sheen did a great job. I, it's just a phenomenal movie. Wow. Unexpected to say the least for the number one pick. I could say you can even get that movie probably in the fifth round, but it just shows your adoration for this depiction of war, this depiction of war, I guess, because I I guess this is kind of not talked about enough in terms of great war movies. In my opinion, people always say saving private Ryan. Uh, What else? They, I mean, Saving Private Ryan's like the number one in terms of realism, in terms of depictions. I just named one, but I'm not spoiling any like, other. I, yeah, I was here. about to list another one that probably could get drafted here. So I will not do that. But uh, I love the cast. Like if you put any Willem Dafoe movie in front of my face, I'm going to watch the entire uh, I'm going to watch the entire thing. Johnny Depp, Tom Berenger, some big time 80s names with Sheen and Berenger. So that definitely is fitting for this draft. Just uh, go ahead. Go. No, no, you go. You go. Your pick. Well, I'll just let you know that I, am, I can almost guarantee none of you are going to have any of my picks. I, I was a little unconventional here. This is mm. my emotional attachment to these and, and even like family connections. So I didn't pick your, your Terminator and those type things, but that's, that's just kind of way. Teasing, teasing. Some deep cuts. Interesting. I, interesting that you went action blockbuster for this one. Because this one, like if you think of all the movies of the 80s and the Academy Awards... This is like the first one I think of. So it's interesting. We didn't take it for, or you, you didn't take it for Oscars. Very interesting. I had it, but then I, I moved it five minutes before the show. Definitely okay. a lot of strategy there. Ricky Flicks nailed it on the head there. So you, I mean, I would have taken it for Oscars. So I, I can't wait to see the tricks you have up your sleeve for your, your next pick. With that being said, Ricky Flicks, you are now on the clock. Okay. So. Steve, you put me in a bind here. I specifically didn't want the number one pick because I wanted somebody to take one off the board so I didn't have to make a decision. I have three, like just that are in God tier of the 80s for me. And I really just, I, I narrowed it down to two, but I wanted you to take one of them and you didn't. So you let me down. Um, I guess because it's just so obscure compared to everything else that was in the 80s, I'm going to take Empire Strikes Back. I'm going to take it. Steve-O, you had the opportunity. Well, you have the galaxy behind you, but Empire Strikes Back, I think, just changed everything, changed the game, and made Star Wars what it is. Yes, A New Hope is great. Some people may like that more, but Empire Strikes Back is a masterpiece front to end. You get the iconic uh, iconic lightsaber scene and Luke Skywalker coming into his own. You get Yoda. You, You get everything. It's the full package. Empire Strikes Back would be my first pick. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough! He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. predicted you were going to choose that i should have sent like my picks of what i think you guys are going to pick oh i have one for uh, doc senior <laughs> so, I, I would go I, I i concur there ricky flicks in that uh you know you get that ultimate showdown 
in Empire Strikes Back and you get uh, Luke, I am your father that then can be parodied forevermore. So mm. uh, you, good, you get some iconic things that then reflect themselves in movies for years to come out of that one. So I, I tip the hat about mm-hmm. wearing a hat to you. I think this movie, when I think of movies in the eighties, I think of this poster, like it just, it's just like, iconic. like it just, it reminds me of the eighties. It's perfect. And this, I know the initial star Wars, a new hope was such a smash, but this one, it almost raised the stakes. It was like even bigger. Right. And you also, you had like the good guys didn't win in the empire strikes back. So we had you crawl in to see like the end of this original trilogy with a movie that I will not name in case it's picked later. So great pick Ricky flex. This is, Personally, my favorite movie in the whole Star Wars universe, and that includes all projects to Mandalorian, spinoffs, Rogue One, all of it. This is the top tier of the Marvel, excuse me, the Star Wars universe. Now, uh, wait, just for uh, real quick here, for the people that actually were in the 80s here on this podcast right now. So did we see this movie in theaters? Did we see it opening night? Like, because this was like, I can't think of movies before this one where like, it just movie theaters were buzzing. People were camping out just like for this movie opening night. Like not what your, what your experiences? Not the same as a, as a, a new hope. That was lines and lines and lines. And we went together with our father uh, uh, to see that empire strikes back. I, I saw that in the summer and I, you know, and people didn't believe me. I, I remember going to day camp and saying, you know, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. <laughs> And, and people are going, no, <laughs> no, they're going, no, he's not. I mean, he just said it. He was lying. I'm like, what? I saw it. <laughs> then I need to see Return of the Jedi to prove that that was actually the case. <laughs> Insane. I, I, A New Hope was, I mean, that was like radical. That was, you know, spellbinding. The, the Land Rover going across the planet. Mm-hmm. Strikes back. I, I've seen A New Hope zillion times uh with revenge of the jedi a zillion times enterprise empire strikes back i haven't seen as many times and wow. that one's kind of, and it, correct me if i'm wrong i can't even list out the all the events does that end where hansel's like frozen in that corbinite or whatever it's called yes. oh, so iconic and he sent and the job of the hut yeah i don't like that i don't i don't like him being you know that anything like that you know chewbacca wailing and i just i i didn't like i didn't like that mm-hmm. and so i i don't view it as highly as like the masses do so just a little note there i love I, you i know i i do i do well, think cinematically if you watch it looking for flaws it's choppy it goes it cuts from scene to scene very abruptly and uh but you know as an educator throwing that back out into the mix tonight the growth mindset, Yoda in the swamp, there is no try, there's only do or do not do. That's now uh, how I think Empire Strikes Back is now one that's making a mark for uh, with growth mindset. So like, I wanna say, like you brought up a couple of characters, there's introduced iconic members of the like Star Wars franchise, like people like Yoda, Lando Calrissian, Boba Fett. I mean, like, I, like some of the coolest characters too, fan favorites. I know there's like some cult fandom for Boba Fett that we're actually going to get a Disney Plus series featuring the character. But I also want to make a comparison with the ending with a, a more modern movie. Uh, I know you guys are more optimists. You guys don't like a sad ending, one that's uh, 
going to make you think it's going to make you like a kind of like regret seeing the movie or some kind of like uh, just regret decisions by the filmmakers. But it kind of reminded me of like Infinity War uh, for the Marvel Cinematic Mm. Universe where they don't win. And it, but you still like, damn, that was a fantastic movie. Like I still like, that's the way I kind of look at it. Is that comparison uh, logical to you guys? Yeah, I I think so. I think, I think because of Empire Strikes Back, you knew there was going to be a third one where a new hope, I mean, you know, was not called, I mean, it was titled a new hope, but for Star Wars, 1977 Star Wars, you thought by the ending it was done. Um, knowing that Lucas had written more, but it looked like that was the finale. So, you know, uh, it, that opens, you know, that opened the door for Infinity War too. for, you, you know, they're coming. Mm-hmm. Well, I also, again, I haven't seen so many movies and I can't remember, but like when Spock dies at the end, was it Rathacon or which, which one was it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, te- teasing picks here. Teasing picks, teasing picks. Good, good call by Olek over there. <laughs> well, just the fact that have a main character i know it's you're gonna probably survive next movie but it just if I, I remember the the angst the anxiety the just uh, the pain of fandom after that movie it's just I, I don't agree with that so it's just my point okay great uh do you have one more thought here olak are you ready for your, th- or your first your first round pick no i was gonna segue all right into my pick. Oh. go ahead olak you're on the clock like a pro Okay, so kind of like uh, where uh, Ricky Flicks was saying how Empire Strikes Back, the good guys didn't win. I'm going to go with comedy. And, and uh, one that is a uh, working class victory over, over the upper, Caddyshack. Caddyshack transcends time. You can see it for the first time for someone, it doesn't matter what decade, the jokes still hold. It's, it's, and it's one of the top sports movies of all time because everything about golf is actually authentic within it. And the, you can quote it, you can quote it every day of your life, you know? Well, you know, oh, that looks like the hat that you get a free bowl of soup with. Oh, but it looks good on you. <laughs> you know? You know, uh, there's just so many, and what a cast. Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, written by Harold Ramis. Um, it, you, you know, it's just Ted Knight was outstanding. And a killer song, Any Way You Want It, by Journey in there. So you, you got, and that just tips off <laughs> the decade. So, you know, it, it starts ni- the decade in 1980, and, you know, here we go. It, it, it's still rocking in the 2020s. Yeah. So so that's your comedy pick, right? That's what, that's what you're yes. I was I was gonna say like I didn't know if you're gonna go miscellaneous there because you brought up the sports movie like nope. category. Mm-hmm. I was nope, thinking going, that too. I'm that's a, straight up comedy. And uh, <laughs> Steve, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, I was expecting someone to to pick that, and you'll see mine's kind of unconventional. But I, I agree. That's been described as the perfect screenplay. The, the fact, all the elements, the, everything about it. it. It's it's funny all the way through classic scenes, you know, duty. I mean, you can go on and on. And I remember seeing that with the family and where, you know, uh, Kenny Loggins uh, soundtrack there in the, in the gopher dancing, you know, going like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was, cool. and then he survives in the end and like he coughs and then he, 
like that 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 is that's that's almost iconic like yoda's iconic you know the, the gopher there mm. yoda the gopher is pre-baby yoda <laughs> oh there's a conspiracy theory that's it that's that's the interesting comparison right there steve um this was my number two on the list but i'm also shocked that steve you brought up like how it was like the greatest screenplay um I got to think like all with this cast that Olek brought up with people like Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, you have comic legends, one of the best stand-up yes, comedians legends. of all time. You have people that riff like for a living at that point, even prior to becoming actors like on SNL. So, I mean, there's gotta be a lot of improvisation going on in this movie too. I know Olek, you've seen a, you've seen a Caddyshack documentary recently, haven't you? Yes, I did. And, so like, did that documentary, did that go into any of those improvisations? What it was like on set? Uh, Bill Murray in particular, because he was not on the set. Um, there was actually uh, some friction going on with uh, himself and Chevy Chase from their SNL days. And so he uh, w- was only on the set uh, for uh, a few days. And, you know, I believe most of what he kind of came up with was his own material, again, to his genius. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. I, 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 I don't the know. The can go on the partying was pretty hard there too. That was pretty clear in the documentary. Mm. Well. I, I was going to so, say. So they were having a wild time and coming up with some wild stuff. If I could visit one set, maybe in movie that history, would I would choose Caddyshack. Just because you never know with wild. wild cards like Bill Murray and Dangerfield. Oh. Maybe, maybe Ricky Flux. That's a potential top billing right there. Like movie sets we'd want to visit. Uh, yeah, that would be a history. lot of fun. Um, yeah, great pick. I had it as uh, my top two, in my top two for comedy. Mm-hmm. Hey Ricky Flicks, Empire Strikes Back. Which category was that? Uh, action, action. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, good clarification. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so it's on to my first round pick. So I'm going to also go comedy. I'm going to go with my number one, and it is definitely a favorite of Steve O and Olek. It's one that was at the beginning of the 1980s. One that some call the greatest comedy in history and one that is super rewatchable, um, has a great cast. Looking back upon it, I'm going to go with Airplane. Airplane is my first round pick. All right. Got uh, rest in peace, Leslie Nielsen. All right. Julie Haggerty, one of the most underrated comedic actresses, I would say, especially in the 80s and 90s. Uh, she's great. What about Bob? Forget about that one, too. So Airplane, I think. Caddyshack, it was like right there. It was one and two, but I think those are the two funniest movies of the 80s. That's how I'm going to take it. And I think those two stand above the rest that are left in that category. Airplane started a whole new genre. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, same. Poop, the parody spoof type of movie. Yep. And exactly. the same year as Caddyshack started off the decade. Okay. Yeah, that, that was it. also my number one comedy, by the way. Yeah. Th- those two clearly front and center. Again, I, I'm going more unconventional, but that one also I think was described as almost like a perfect screenplay as well. Just seeing that it's just laugh out out loud, funny, you know, throughout and just the, <laughs> the parody. I mean, and the, the bar scene, the bar yeah. scene. I mean, everything about it. Surely you, you can't be serious. Yeah. Sorry, what? Surely you can't be serious. <laughs> it's interesting. Yes, Kareem cameo. Kareem. Oh, oh, yeah. Busting my buns up tonight. <laughs> There's actually one other one that's right along there, but I won't say anything. Yeah, I know which one you're thinking of. Yeah. 
Me too. I was, I was close to saying it just because there are a lot of repeatable lines in this movie. And like, even people that haven't seen the movie have said the, the don't like, surely you can't be serious. Like the people have said that line without even seeing the movie. And that shows like it's place in pop culture and how important Mm -hmm. it was, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That like literally wouldn't be like a family guy without an airplane, like shows like that. Big time. So yeah, I love the pick. That was my favorite comedy of the eighties. All right. So now let's kick off the second round. It's going to snake draft in case Steve-O and elect didn't know. So it's back to me. And then we move our way towards Steve-O. Sorry, Steve-O. We probably should have clarified that earlier. Stakes. I'm quite, again, no one has my pick. So no. <laughs> He's but, smooth sailing. So I, man, no Oscar winner has been picked yet. I, I think Correct. that is the most shallow category in this draft because there's so many iconic blockbuster type uh movies from this decade i think it was kind of defined by those movies i think i'm going to hold off but I, there's two i really want in that category i'm going to go with a little more rec- rec- like recognizable ip here and following up in the same vein as ricky flex i'm going to take raiders of the lost ark Lucasfilm. Uh, we got obviously George Lucas, Steven Spielberg collaborating. So you got Harrison Ford, right? Moving away from uh, Han Solo into this, I mean, monster of a role. Uh, I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best Indiana Jones movie. Uh, I think the action sequences were ahead of its time. I think they, they still hold up to this day, which is really hard when you look at all the CGI that's being implemented and all the practical stunts that are being done, like looking at you, Tom Cruise, like this like I think Raiders of the Lost Ark took a step in that aspect, and also Harrison Ford, king of action movies, maybe maybe on the Mount Rushmore, I'd say. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with that to kick off the second round. Easily Mount Rushmore, easily. So that's your action blockbuster. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. So clearly, the opening scene again. Remember seeing that in the theaters was was riveting. That you know they you know, getting the thing and then the. You know the boulder rolling, the you know the shoots, like you know running for the boats. That's that was that was spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The iconic boulder just coming down at him in the hallway right after the grabs the skull or whatever the heck you want to call it. But yeah, eighty years old, still gonna be, uh, still gonna do Indiana Jones. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on this? People that grew up watching the Indiana Jones movies in theaters. What do you think about Harrison Ford at eighty one making Indiana Jones five? So he's, there's another one you mean coming out? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. broke his arm on two, set. It's coming out in, I, I guess, now it's going to be two years. Yeah, it had to get delayed. Is, well, go ahead, Steve. Uh, no, no, go, go uh, ahead. Olek, you're on. Um, I think it kind of goes to our perspective, probably, that uh, if we're, we're forever the optimist, then I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, – our heroes not reaching an actual end in cinema. So the fact that he has a role still in there, I like, I like seeing iconic figures still playing a part. So hanging uh, on. Uh, fine, well, I, I, I'm not going to say hanging on, but. Uh, <laughs> you said it, Ricky Flex. I did. You said it. It's on you. <laughs> hey, I did. Harrison, I'm happy to see you out there, man. <laughs> fragile. He's a fragile guy. 
he's a fragile guy even before he like was making this final like not final i didn't mean to say that this final chapter of his life right oh like he's like the, with the put yeah he's 80 he's 80 and he's uh i don't know i i, I he's breaking bones left and right he's like crashing planes like the man is can't stay out of trouble you know um and he had a yeah, i guess it sounds like him. It, It'd be a good like pass. It's gonna be a passing of the torch movie. That's what the last one I thought was gonna be, but I I assume mm. we're not bringing back Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea right now. Also, a shout out Karen Allen, one of the most badass like females in '80s movies. I think. Mm. Uh, Steve, what were you gonna say? The drink off. The, the the fact that they're continuing on. I think if you have a great story, great franchise, you owe it to the fans to keep it going. And if you're one of the main actors, it you owe it. And so, you know, people are like, I, I'm getting typecast. Too bad. You can do other things, but if you, you've been given a gift, then you need to keep giving back. So I, I think something like Raiders, Star Wars, Star Trek, you have to keep going. You can never stop. Good points. Good points. Um, that's It now goes to Olek for his second round pick. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if I, um, you know, uh, found a uh, loophole but go. uh, I'm gonna go with uh, for the Oscar category best art direction <laughs> oh this is this is already this is a travesty here Same. abomination so uh, I'm gonna go with Batman don't kill me don't kill me man don't kill me don't kill me man I'm not going to kill you I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Michael Keaton, Batman, 1989. Wow. <laughs> wow. And he, let, let's make this clear. He already took a comedy. He did not take anything in action blockbuster. <laughs> Maybe like the, arguably, other than Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, we're talking about the biggest blockbuster of all time. He took it for Oscar winning. I got some others in the, I got some others in the mix. So I'm trying to get uh, well represented on the board. Explain your pick. Uh, well, I, you know, uh, it, it certainly is, you know, actually, if you look at the data, um, actually, it is uh, right up to in the top three grossing movies for the 80s in Batman. So it, it mm -hmm. obviously is a top movie and you have a fantastic, uh, innovative uh, soundtrack by Prince. So it, it really uh, was covering there and you you have the uh, you know again ahead of his time because no soundtrack for any action movie was anything like that at the time and you know and you really brought to life uh, Batman in an entirely different way than uh, you know uh, uh, Adam West and uh, Burt Ward but although I loved that uh, it was certainly opening doors for all the movies that have now followed with superheroes. I think it paved the way. So again, I think it was uh, trend setting. Fellas, take us back into 1989. Let's say it's 1988. You're seeing a, maybe you see a trailer for the film before seeing one of these movies that might get drafted. Tell us about the hype level, Nicholson, Keaton. Were you guys excited? Were, I know you guys are also superhero comic book fans. Um, how did that impact your excitement? Just give us a feel. I went opening night, went with my buddy, Charlie. Nice. Enfield movie theater. Um, it was packed. It, the only experience that I thought was similar to that at the time was going to Star Wars in 77. Wow. So uh, the difference is in 77, I was like seven. 
and now I'm 19. Uh, and so, ad, you know, it was packed, it was packed with adults or teenagers, you know, and it was, there was a electricity in those, it was packed long before the, the, the preview showed. And, wow. uh, there actually was a fight right in the, in the theater, uh, because of, uh, you know, someone, because there's no reserved seats. So pe some, someone was trying so it was like you, you literally did not want to have somebody in your seat. <laughs> not the worst thing that's happened at a Batman movie showing. That's true. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, I have to cut that one. So, uh, Leck there, I, do you remember how when it was announced Michael Keaton was going to be Bruce Wayne Batman, the, the backlash? Beetlejuice guy. Tell us, tell us. Well, I remember fans were outraged that Keaton was picked. Because it just seemed like a, a natural fit, a good fit. Uh -huh. Mr. Mom? Yes. You know, that, that, that was actually a common thing. Mr. Mom is going to be Batman? But he, he, he definitely delivered. I, I like yeah. the movie. I don't know if I'm as a huge fan as you know, certainly you uh, elect there. But well, I think the Joker... Was, Nicholson made it. What's that? Nicholson made it. Well, I think they focused too much on him. And how about when he used his gun to shoot the bat plane down? Didn't he shoot the bat plane down with his gun? Well, it was an absurdly long gun. Yeah. It was just, it was just ridiculous. And I, I just, there's a lot of elements to that. I, I didn't like how just too much on uh, Jack Nicholson and the Joker. I like more on the Batman. Even some of the, the fight scenes I think could have been. You, did, you didn't like a party man uh, art gallery scene with Jack Nicholson? No, no, it's just, uh, but yeah, obviously iconic movie, but I don't think I view it as highly as others uh, for those couple of reasons and some other elements too. Mm -hmm. I, I do, I do think like Nicholson's campiness in it takes away like the darkness that Tim Burton was trying to bring. Like I wasn't around during that time. I know there's gotta be a balancing. I, I see Olek going, going with the hands over there, but I like, I think this was going to be a darker turn that we've seen like adapted from it's in the comics, Batman, the animated series, then comes like the uh, obviously the Christopher Nolan movies. Then we got like the Ben Affleck, a dark brooding Batman compared to obviously Adam West. So I, I didn't think it was a natural fit the way he was behaving. So I'm like all in with Steve-O's take there. Um, I mean, you guys, 80s kids, is Keaton your, your Batman? Is he your favorite Batman? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I'll let let go there. <laughs> we'll not make a call well, which one so uh, you could say Val Kilmer or George uh, Clooney it's fine um, you know I, I don't think uh, until Christian Bale anybody's really pulled it off looking at the body of work as well as Christian Bale so okay. wow. so so you know uh, you know uh, I don't think Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne could have carried without Jack Nicholson. Um, George Clooney had a different kind of on-screen presence. Um, no offense, Val Kilmer. I was, eh. um, you, you know, uh, so uh, I, I think that uh, aside from Christian Bale, then I would go with Michael Keaton. And again, I'm, I, I do like the comedy and, and whatnot and growing up watching the reruns of uh, Adam West he still has a fondness in the heart spot too. 
Steve-O, what are your thoughts? Is, is Keaton well, the guy? I, I, think it, I think it has to be Christian Bale. I don't, in my mind, it really can't choose another one. I, I've become a little <laughs> jaded, just like, because you, know, I, I, you know, I have my own comics that I've written, and so I, I kind of balance against that, and it just becomes more and more, more I, I know it's a movie, it's just unrealistic where he's doing push-ups and okay and then he's gonna be able to take on five guys because he's be, he's able to like fall to the floor and do push-ups and <laughs> i don't know it's something about it i i don't know but he's clearly clearly the one i, I mean i don't see how he could, he's the one i might want to choose an animated batman over him but uh for like real live action so, 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 least- someone on this podcast did hmm Someone did for best Batman, Kevin Conroy. I, I picked him. He yeah. was my Batman. But I was going to say, at least Affleck is, is squatting 550 on before he takes on Henry Cavill's Superman and Batman versus Superman. At least that's like the only like workout like sequence we get in like Batman movies. Like he's everyone, every other one, he's just naturally strong. Yeah. Uh, but I want to know, like you guys, like Keen's coming back. You guys do know that, right? I heard that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So in the upcoming Flash movie, we already had a trailer for it. They already hinted at the cowl and everything. It, it, it should be interesting. I don't know how he's how he's gonna fit into this like DC universe. Seems like they're kind of all over the place right now. But I'm, I'm hyped for it. Uh, with that being said, let's get on to our let's move on with the second round. Ricky Flicks, you're now on the clock. Okay. We're going between two. My number one slash two is still available. Uh, but I would have to pick it. Well, it did technically win an Oscar, like for best sound. So if we're going down that road, Doc, uh, Dr. Rowe, Alex Devo, then for Oscar category, I'm going to pick Back to the Future. Okay. If we're going to do that, then I'm taking that. I personally think this, like, outside of Star Wars, like, that's just a phenomena. This is the 80s. 1985, dead center, like, Reagan era. This is the 80s. Even though most of the film is even in the 80s, just Marty McFly himself, like, just the beginning with the skateboard, going through town, Huey Lewis playing, and then you go back and he goes back in time, clearly, but the DeLorean iconic movie again i'll say that a lot with a lot of these movies we're talking about because it's just the era that we're talking about here just a lot of iconic movies but this one i think is the quintessential uh poster boy for the 80s so i'm gonna pick back to the future an oscar category i would have picked that for my action blockbuster i was trying to save it did you also uh, did you circle it for oscar winner as well I, I had I, I had notes on how it won an Oscar. <laughs> I, 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 um, so uh, another nostalgic moment moment for me for Back to the Future. So that was the first movie I ever went with a friend to the movies with my friend able to drive. Ooh. So 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 uh, um, so that was an excite. You know, again, they you know eighty eight uh, on the way home. Moment. So. Uh, Wendy's on the way home, of course. No, 88 uh, on the way home. Miles no. per hour. <laughs> no, we, we wanted to stay in 1985. Um, so, uh, 
but uh, again, uh, you know, Ricky Flicks, I think you hit it on the head there. Um, and also, I mean, that also is trend setting in itself for action blockbuster uh, doing uh, multiple sequels and filming sequels at the same time as, uh, mm, you know, so, so, cause that, I think that was probably pretty, pretty new for sure. And actually when you add up, I, again, I, I, I'm a data guy. So I was looking at when you total the back to the future franchise uh, gross, you're talking right up there with the top numbers of anything. Um, box so again, office. Yeah. Box office. Right. So, uh, but, you know, and again, many funny lines that we quoted for a long time after that one, too. Mm. This movie feels like it was the darling of the 80s. You know, it's got like an innocent, like young oh, face Michael, J. Michael J. Fox. Exactly. Yeah, so like, I like there. the way I look at him right now and what I've read about him and like uh, like people talking about him and like modern day interviews, it almost has like a Tom Holland type vibe, how he's like so beloved as a figure. How does that comparison sound? I know, I know I'm doing a lot of modern day versus 80s, but. What, what do you guys think about that? That's a good call. I mean, he was hot then. I mean, he was he was huge. And I, I remember opening uh, opening scene where he's got the amplifier with the guitar. He turns up. He goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he goes. Goes flying. And just the way he talks, you, you built you know, the time time machine out of a DeLorean. You know, just the way he did it. it, it definitely, clearly an iconic movie. So. It's heavy, Doc. It's heavy. <laughs> he's so likable. And I mean. I, we're talking like iconic scenes. Johnny B. Good scene, maybe the most iconic of the '80s. It's up there. You could say. Um, I know you we can already say. talked. Yeah, we, we've already and, brought up some and iconic it has, movies. It has the best school bully of all time in movies in Biff Tan. McFly and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's leave Back to the Future too. <laughs> you idiot. No, it's uh, like he is one of the greatest. We, we could do also like a Ricky Flex. We want to do like a like a school bullies. bully draft, like school bullies draft for the top feeling. <laughs> I could definitely make something happen there. Yeah, that'd um, be good. It, he uh, at the time, one last note on Michael J. Fox, he did, you know, Family Ties was at its peak right then. And um, I don't think anybody's picking this movie. Teen Wolf also came out at the same time. So he had Teen Wolf, Back to the Future, Family Ties, and he was in. Pepsi ads. So he was like all mm. over the place. He's like the center of pop culture back then, right? Mid 80s. The center like of the Fox. You think 80s, Back to the Future. I think of like, this is like the most beloved movie of the 80s. It may not be the best, but it seems like everyone has a special place in their heart for it. Mm -hmm. um, to round out the second round, Steve O, your second pick. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to get pick, uh, kicked off this podcast, but I'm going to go to uh, and there were so many you could obviously pick, but I picked one <clears throat> that I think is a sleeper hit. And I don't know if uh, Doc Homer Flicks you even know what this movie is, but it, I'm choosing Bad Boys, the 1983 version. Are you guys familiar with it? I only know Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. You're going to have to enlighten me. So and what category? Drama, you said? Drama. So this, you know, 1983. So Sean Penn was huge in the 1982's Fast Time at Richmond High. And then he, he does a, a complete showing a polar opposite. It shows his range where he plays this, this uh, kid who, uh, yeah, I think he accidentally kills when he goes to a reform school. And so it's in this reform school and he's pitted against this other guy that they're going to have this big fight at the end. But it has so much great drama. 
it's a cast. Clancy Brown plays the villain Viking, and he you know, like a, like a top villain. You have the, one a great sidekick, this guy Horowitz, comic relief. You and the scenes, the epic battle, how it ends, just the Sean Penn's range when his girlfriend gets gets raped and the the, the, the sorrow and the pain, the crying. It's it's so many elements that you got to see this movie. I just remember after it ended, just going wow. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it definitely was not on my board, but <laughs> I I'm looking at this IMDb and this trailer. It's pretty wild. Like I see a young Sean Penn. Like he is looking young in this movie. It, like listeners, just look up this he, movie real quick. Just look at Sean Penn in this movie. It's crazy. The poster is him behind. Uh, like a school fence, like the reform school fence with a cig in his mouth. It is hilarious. You got it. So, so uh, Olek there, what do you think? Did you ever see that movie? I uh, only saw parts. So, uh, but I, I, I know it does have a, a big cult following and it was, uh, that was with uh, when Sean Penn was really hitting, hitting the scene and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. really showing his uh, range. So, you know, held in high regard. I was on the, you know, I was uh, still in middle school, so wasn't um, what I, I, although uh, big fast time, fast times fan, of course. <laughs> of course. Well, and the thing is, again, it's 1983 where how it ends, I don't want to say how it ends, but a lot of movies kind of copy that. I don't know if Bad Boys was the first one to do it, but I've seen so, so many movies emulate how it ends. Even mm-hmm. Squid Games, so uh-huh. say that. Okay. So I'm looking at these uh, the critics and the reviews right now. Seven point two out of ten, eighty nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes. A great score. It's like I'm pretty sure I have heard of this movie. I just don't know if it's on any streaming service that I would be able to see it. That's the only thing. Uh, by the way, you're talking about it sounds like something I might have to buy off Amazon. But it's got like huge eighty '80s names in this cast, like Sean Penn, Ali Sheedy, Alan Ruck, like. Maybe not huge, but like recognizable 80s names uh, for sure. This definitely is going to be on my uh, to-do list. It'll be Morales, on my to-do list. Morales is amazing in that movie too. And you may recognize him. He was in Ozark. Yes. I was going to say, what is this dude in? He is in Ozark. He's the, yes. 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 This guy's face? yes. yes wow. I was going to mention now- that. And also it's on Prime Video. So if you want to watch it, it's on Prime. Maybe a- uh, let's say... Uh, do it together look we'll coordinate time we'll watch it together and do a live live review afterwards record a review yeah. afterwards yeah good pick and guess what steve-o you're back on the clock to kick off the third round oh okay all right i'm i'm gonna hold off on comedy because i think i definitely would be kicked off the podcast on that one so i'm gonna go oscar winner where again kind of following the pattern I'm go. I, I had things moved around, and originally I had that as platoon, but I bumped it. I'm going purple rain. Wow, that was a great movie. I've seen. A number of times, Prince. I never really had much respect for him, but I remember Olek. I saw this with Jeff Jones in the theater, and 
coming out of the movie, he's I don't trust JJ. Uh, renewed respect for Prince, just the the uh, the way it was. In fact, also I kind of you know feel for him as like an artist, and he's kind of selfish, but then he, he learns, and just uh, what is a relationship with his with his uh, father. So there's a, a lot of in the, the soundtracks and how it ends. I mean. I, I like it's his all time soundtrack. <laughs> like as, as much as I go with like Brent's, I've actually never seen Purple Rain. I've just heard the soundtrack endlessly. Uh, I've always wow. wanted to see it. Um, I, I, was, I, I like Prince. <laughs> I feel like I, I will, I'm going to give it a chance. I've, I've heard good things, but uh, I mean, he's just ultimate rock star in the movie, right? He just like he just has like the, I like the purple suit makes me think he could have played the Joker in Batman 1989. There's a reason why he did the soundtrack, you know, and everything. Uh, I mean, he pulled off, I guess, like, how, how was his acting in the movie? Do you think it was, like, uh, more than formidable? I know it was, this is Oscars for, like, uh, for best, uh, I think it's best original song. But yeah. uh, did, did it hold up? It, it definitely held up. He did a good job. He, I mean, he's, he's smoldering with his mood where, you know, a lot of things going on. Just his, the way he's uh, with Apollonia. There's a, <laughs> there's a funny scene with her at, at the Lake Winnipesaukee or, or wherever he yeah. Minnetonka, Lake Minnetonka. Minnetonka, right, right, right. So there's a funny scene there, but he definitely, even, you know, he's talking to a puppet. And the fact that he's becoming his father in a way, and his father says something to where, you know, don't ever get married because his father was going to be a great musician, but, you know, got bogged down. And a lot of interesting themes there, uh, just... Just, uh, I think, very powerful. Yeah, we got, it seems like we got a lot of a puppet, lo- a puppet love, 80s puppet <laughs> love on this podcast so far, talking about Yoda, the, the gopher, and now we got Purple Rain. So, I mean, we, we can expect anything on this pod, I guess. Mm-hmm. So in uh, 84, you know, that, you know, I was sophomore in high school, and, you know, uh, he was all over the airwaves. All the, I mean, every song on that soundtrack, could you just hear it? on radio all the time the whole school was buzzing with prince and what because he didn't really do much in the way of interviews it was kind of neat to actually see him acting because he doesn't he didn't never really talked a lot other than when he was in the movie and he did have another movie after that i don't know if people realize that or not but under a cherry moon oh i don't i didn't see that but it was all right back in high school like this is a hard question i guess nowadays but were you guys mj or prince guys in high school prince was from well we we were three years apart so uh for me print michael jackson's thriller came out when i was in in eighth grade 83 so therefore 83 so that already was working its way out billy jean was still on mtv a lot but not beat it was not on as much as billy jean on mtv and so when purple rain came out Michael Jackson, I really feel, felt was almost like an afterthought until he came out with Bad, and that wasn't until, I think, 88. Yeah. It's bad. It, for, for, again, I'm not a huge movie or music aficionado, but I remember for Prince, all I remembered him is he had Little Red Corvette, that song. That was his, his big hit. And then Purple Rain, where it just, you know, you know When Doves Cry, just powerful songs. I remember being in the cafeteria and these two girls, I think I remember, I'm not going to mention it, but they had a picture of, or a poster of Prince that they were 
ogling. They were just opening up and ogling at it. <laughs> it was kind of, it was a risque, risque poster of Prince. I thought that was a new one. Yeah, Michael Jackson, again, I was not a huge fan of him, but he you know, liked it. But I remember when Bad came out, all of a sudden it was a resurgence from that, that release. I'm a, I'm a big Raspberry Beret guy. Raspberry Beret. That, that, that's mine. Um, that was the album after Purple Rain. So that was him having to reinvent. That's Prince always reinventing himself. Right, right. Rest in peace, Prince. Rest in peace, Prince. Uh, let's keep moving with the third round here. Ricky Flex, you're up. Ooh, well, I have my top two picks. My third one would have been Raiders for like just best movies in general. But I'm going to go comedy here just in case one of Dr. O or Elect picks it and miscellaneous coming up because I know they both have comedy. So life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Ferris Bueller, come on. How is this lasting to the third round? Ferris Pure Day Off, love this movie. This is my favorite comedy of, or like not pure comedy. Like I look at Airplane, I look at Caddyshack. Those are just like, those are like pure, like you watch that for specific lines, specific scenes. This one has iconic lines, but this one's like a great story around this high school kid. Similar to where you have like a Marty McFly. I have a Ferris Bueller who literally the school, like he's the school's hero. So I'm going to pick Ferris Bueller's Day Off for my comedy category. So, uh, Olek and Steve, have you guys pulled off any similar hijinks to Ferris Bueller in terms of getting off school? Have you guys like maybe were you inspired by any of his acts? Maybe not full scale. Well, I remember I wanted to get out of school and Nana was staying with us. So I, I called Nana and said, can you call school saying you're not feeling well? And so the office called me and I felt bad because the office saying really concerned, like you have to go home, your grandmother, something's wrong. So when I got home, we're just laughing and then we're just hanging out. So I shout out Nana. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll, I'll have some comments about this Ferris movie, but uh, Olek, you want to say something about anything before I go with that? Uh, I wouldn't say uh, any actions of getting out, but uh, I think the, the notion of, of that you could accomplish all of that in one day makes it almost a little bit of a fantasy, but a uh, very enjoyable and uh again that was right smack dab again in the middle of the 80s i was in high school uh it was it it, it at right at the peak when i was in the middle of my mm-hmm. my best high school year so it was great yeah and, a- yeah and you like you got the parade twist and shout you got yeah. like 1961 ferrari you got the Dave car Roman. you got <laughs> sausage Hitch king Roman. of chicago yeah, the sausage king of chicago you got, we just talked about uh, Cameron, Alan Rook. He's, this is the quintessential yep. Gordy Howe, Red Wings jersey. And Who's the best, the Ferris Sewer vest. And then you got the, every single kid and every single class, everyone they took attendance does Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. So there's just so many iconic things here again that I'm happy to have on my board. So that's on my team. It, it's It's got the moments. It's got the moments that you just, like pointed out but uh it also i think it separated itself a little bit uh from let's say like the brat pack and like those movies that were coming out those also john, john hughes. hughes 
like, yeah, like those John Hughes movies. Cause like this cast, they weren't repeating in all these different movies. Like I'm not going to name all of them, but they like, for, like I would, oh, Matthew Broderick was not in the Brat Pack, in my opinion. I don't know if he was in, in your opinions over there, but I just don't get that vibe. Like the cast, it wasn't repeated. And also it was like, it had its own style where it's like Ferris breaking the fourth wall. Okay. And one where you were looking to hear from Ferris talking to the audience, like not many eighties movies are like that. They were a little generic in my opinion. So I love the pick Steve. Oh, what were you going to say? Well, <laughs> I was wondering if someone's going to pick the movie because I remember it was huge. I remember even classmates raving about it. I didn't really like it. I wow. Later on, I can. It certainly got key lines. I kind of, but he's so self-centered and narcissist, self-absorbed. He puts his needs in front of others. I mean, even with his sidekick, what's his? What was his name? Cameron. Cameron. He just. Uh, he, then he takes credit for having Cameron like stand up to his father, but he. And then he just puts his hands like like this. You gotta you gotta watch it or like you'll miss it. I don't need him telling me how to you know, live my life. And I he just I don't just a self centered uh, brat. I thought I just Ooh. wow <laughs> harsh words for Mr. Broderick. Great I, I cameo, just, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Oh, you oh you know him. And then, <laughs> <laughs> it definitely has some funny elements, but. He's just indulgent that I, I just, uh, and even the principal who, you know, the yeah, act, really. I think some things happen or whatever, but I mean that the principal in OLEC there, you have to be, you have to have authority and discipline. Otherwise you have chaos. And so here's this kid just making your life miserable. And I know I just, that that's, I, I just didn't really dig that. Movie. So as much as he was a narcissist and like he thought, his, his crap didn't stink and everything. Like, I think they did a good job balancing out characters with someone like Cameron. I think Cameron stole a lot of scenes. Too. I know, but I think Cameron stole a lot of scenes from Matthew Broderick, Alan Ruck's character. I mean, like the best acting in the movie is when he, he, he loses the car. He pushes it off and like he crashes it. Then he has that yeah. breakdown. I think that was the like best I acting in the movie. So hard in the theater when when it, you could see it happening but the look on his face when that thing went crashing out the back of the garage oh my god we we were dying oh my gosh that was that was such an iconic moment and he like it he internalized everything he wasn't as braggadocious like he like he was so contained in what he was doing like it just felt like man like it was you had someone who was so outlandish compared to that and like finally <laughs> he unleashes at the end and it's in a hilarious moment but also like heartfelt you know the two uh, garage attendants on uh, you know uh you know, like nice this, little like, uh, you know, you know, do you speak english oh, country <laughs> yeah. yeah but the, the one thing to, to further be a little bit of a wet blanket these people in real life there's collateral damage around these people so it's just i i don't know and like cameron he yeah, thinks and also <laughs> The fact that they destroyed that car, I just it bothered me. Like just with, <laughs> with Blue Brothers, beautiful car. When there's all those uh, cop cars in the mall, it's just colossal damage. It's just it's a waste. It, it, it bothered me. So, there you, you go. I, I just not. I have since watched it on like on streaming or whatever. I sat through it. I enjoyed it, but it still will never be top for that reason. 
Yeah. It, may, it, may, it makes you not want to get one of those cars. Like, you guys are dads. Like if you got a car like that, like that's those are you, that's those are kind of like movie images that stick in your mind. Like that's why we don't have the sports car right there. Um, with that being said, solid pick Ricky flex. Let's go on to uh, Olex third pick. All right. Drama. And uh, th- this one, I would say I have a shot at stealing one from Steve-O. I'm going with an officer and a gentleman. Interesting. Uh, Big gear it, guy. It, uh, it's not the biggest drama. Uh, you know, I don't know if at the end we rattle off any honorable mentions or anything like that. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it really resonates. Uh, got some iconic scenes. Iconic uh, where Richard Gere, he has nothing. And he's turned to the military to give him a, the family that he, he doesn't want to have a family with a wife, wants a family in the military. And he, he's blowing that because he is too much of an individual. And he, Lou Gossett, also this could have been an Oscar because he got uh, Best Supporting Actor Award for it. But when Richard Gere goes, I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. Iconic. And, and how he changes as a person. And uh, you have the showdown with uh, Gear and Gossett and uh, uh, the turning point in the iconic finale where he where he gets the girl. And it's uh, with also a uh, uh, great uh, one Oscar for the sound, uh, the, the song as well up where we belong so it's on a few different uh categories there is that where it's like it goes up where we belong Mm. that's the one yeah yes okay this this clearly is an amazing movie and i was wondering if you're gonna pick this and i i thought about this uh first let me concur that this had amazing cast amazing scenes just uh mayonnaise and oh i i say the house all the time i can't actually take out the fridge without saying that never got that reference and (laughs) you know the the obstacle course even like the the martial arts i'm a a fan of that the one thing that well two things one just as an aside i saw this with mom and dad in the theater so there's some i was with you interesting i I was with you third wheel and forest (laughs) yeah there's a whole family Okay, you guys anyway, went to a, you guys went as a family to see an officer and a gentleman. Richard Gere yes, in the Navy, Congress. white. <laughs> Had to say, the they do say family. they do say it's one of the best family pictures of the eighties. No, <laughs> you're joking, obviously. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but, 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 but but what what um again it it, may, it was it had to be, I guess. But when his buddy commits suicide, I I just yeah, I it's a bummer. Yeah. I'm not into that. And it's a bummer. Spring, I'm not into Definitely that. Not into that. No. So that that I, I couldn't that. pick it for that reason, but it's it's clearly a a, kick, a great movie. I mean, just mm-hmm. phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. Even like you said in the beginning scene when he's with his dad, you know, just in the they, they drank so much last night and the guys puking in the toilet. What's it, Logier? What, what's the the actor's name? The father? Is it Robert Loggia? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a, even his bit role was great. And the fact he's got the tattoo, he's like making fun of him. He has the Band-Aid and then Lucas Jr. rips it off. It, it's, it, it is a phenomenal movie. It's just for me that that that, that was too much so that hurt. 
I can't. To me, that's like Shawshank. Whenever it's on, I can't help but watch it. Except to what Steve O said, I know what point I'm going to skip to Channel Surf for about five minutes, and then I come back. It's like when Brooks, when you know Brooks is about to like Mm. bite the dust, that's when you change it. Yeah. You know. Mm. Uh, Also, suicide moment. Not good. Uh, All right. Not good. Interesting pick. Wasn't on my big board, but uh, I mean, you guys, you you guys know the decade better than me. So. Have you two seen it? Oh yeah, I, when well, I was it's young, on on the house all young. the time from this guy. So yeah, <laughs> I don't remember it too well. I remember like the big moment at the end, but like well, that, yeah, you remember because yeah. Alec was playing it at, like every other week on HBO. Oh, yeah. just real quick, The Simpsons parried that. You may, have you seen that? Yes, <laughs> yes. Simpsons episode parried that, parrying, parodying that. <laughs> right. Yeah, like Richard Gere on the motorcycle at the end, like that's iconic too. Like cool like, guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that was before like great. This is like young Richard Gere. Like this is like one of his first big, big time roles. Yep. So, yep. yeah. All right. Uh, with that being said, let's uh, round out this third round. It's now my turn, and I will be potentially taking two movies that I was really disputing. I wanted to take one for Oscar winner, one for Oscar winner out of these two. They both have won Oscars. Um, I've been, I've watched this movie numerous times. I rewatched it this morning just because I wanted to, I watched actually both of the movies because I, I pitted them against one another. They're both dramas. Uh, one's a best picture winner. Another one's a different category. But I'm going to go with Rain Man as my Oscar winner. There it is. Rain Man as my Oscar movie. Uh, this movie kicks ass. It, it is so good. <laughs> like the performance, I'll just straight up say it, right? So the performances, everyone gives props to Dustin Hoffman. Yes, like, wow, he's taking on this role where he's really becoming a different person, a certain, like, like he obviously is playing someone that's autistic, something that would not be allowed in 2021, I, I might add. But they underrate how good Tom Cruise is in this movie. Tom Cruise is amazing in this movie. I don't even think he got an Oscar nomination, probably because he's pitted along such an Oscar baity role with Dustin Hoffman, Barry Levinson directing this. There's a lot of memorable shots. I even paused the movie today and I was taking pictures, whether it's like Dustin Hoffman putting his head alongside, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Cruise. It could be Dustin Hoffman in the presidential suite looking out at Las, at Las Vegas and all those casinos. It's a beautifully shot movie taking you through the Midwest as well. It looks awesome. It looks awesome. Uh, and like, it's kind of like a passing of the torch too, where you had like Hoffman who's on this, like Mount Rushmore with people like De Niro, Pacino, Nicholson. He's like that fourth guy. He's that fourth guy, but he kind of doesn't get talked about in the same vein as those other three. But then it's almost like, okay, here's Tom Cruise. He's just, just in Top Gun. He was in cocktail that same year. And he's about to make an incredible run in the nineties. And then you could argue like this and Magnolia might be my favorite roles before he jumped into like this mission impossible world. But uh, I had to pick Rain Man. I'm so pumped I got it. Yeah, you. I think if you listen to the pod, you know I am the biggest Tom Cruise supporter. Uh, th- saying that he actually is a great actor when he wants to be. He's not just an action star. And it's for this reason. This kind of changed the game for him. You mentioned a few of the movies. I won't tease any more picks in the 80s pre-Rain Man. But after like a few good men in the 90s. Um, there's the movie that got nominated for an Oscar for the following year that I won't name. But the firm, Jerry Maguire in the early 2000s, like he just goes on a run, Magnolia in 99. So, or sorry, Jerry Maguire. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. You know, Stanley <laughs> Kubrick. Um, uh, first, I don't think that's Alex's favorite, but Tom Cruise, huge fan. But yes, he, Dustin Hoffman steals the show for obvious reasons here. Unbelievable mm-hmm. movie. Great pick. This, this is a great pick. And it's a couple comments to this. 
it, it's, it's uncanny. This past week, I just referenced this where I had a, a Zoom call and, and it was someone else's PowerPoint presentation, but there's a typo. And this guy says, oh, by the way, you get this typo. I'm kind of uh, anal where I, I see the CD. And I said, oh, you're like Rain Man. And yeah, he laughed. And then I said, all right, we got to leave the call because I got, it's time for Wapner. And then I, I hung up the, the phone because the referencing that. But then also the fact that why, what was Rain Man is because when he was a kid, you know, Raymond, right? And I remember seeing in the movie where I knew it was instantly Raymond because our Aunt Lorraine, we used to call her Rain Rain as kids. And so I, I knew, oh, it's just like that where we, I, we always call her Rain Rain. We call her Rain Rain into our teens and 20s even until saying Aunt Lorraine. And so I, I knew immediately who Rain Man was because of that, that history. What, Alec, what it, same thing? Same. Yeah, so same same thing, uh, obviously. Uh, and um, you know, I I don't think I'm not as big a fan of Tom Cruise's acting in this movie as um, I think the latter third of the movie. I think he's doing his acting. I don't know if it's really the turning point in his acting career, where the beginning of the um, movie I think is similar to the other roles that he played in, like. Uh, um, I don't think anybody's going to say the outsiders here today or all the right moves where, um, where when he's realizing that Raymond was the rain man, great scene. Then um, I think that you then start to see the other movies kind of that you've referenced after in his career where then, you know, like a few good men, you know, and um, you know, uh, action movies aside, I, I think that, you know, you rate a few good men and his acting in Rain Man. I, I seriously think I would put there several rungs of a difference between the two. Have you seen him swing a baseball bat in a few good men? <laughs> That's garbage. The best thinking. Garbage. You wouldn't even make. You wouldn't be good enough for left field in uh, in Little League. Uh, but I do want to say, like the character he plays in Rain Man is similar to like what he did in The Color of Money. It's what he does. Yeah, that, yeah. If, no, but no, but like Jerry Maguire, he's an expert at playing a jerk. And then like, oh, in the end, like, oh, he's a good guy. You know, he doesn't in Jerry Maguire. He doesn't, he doesn't in A Few Good Men. Jerk, he doesn't in A Few Good Men. He doesn't every single movie. And I just think this is like the best one out of that lot that he does, you know? Dislike The Color of Money, that character, you know? So I guess that would be credit to his acting because mm. I, I mm -hmm. dislike that character a lot. Yeah, that was, That's one of my least favorite characters in 80s movies, him in The Color of Money. Yeah. yeah. yeah I wasn't a huge fan of that movie either. He looked like a real goofball in there. So his girlfriend, his girlfriend flirting with Paul Newman, I thought was distasteful. <laughs> it, it, I, An I, abomination. I, I, <laughs> I didn't like that, you, you know, I, I root for the legends. So, you know, did he just throw it for the money and Paul Newman didn't win it legit? I wanted Newman to win it legit at the end of that movie. How, how, that's a great line where he says, stings like a bitch. Didn't he say, wasn't, wasn't that his, stings like a bitch? Does but it's it? not like Newman was a good guy. Yeah, no, he wasn't a good guy. You know what I mean? Like he was yeah. from the hustler. Like, he, like he's not a good guy either. Like you kind of want to root for him, but at the same time, he's not like... And that's like I, I'm kind of rooting for Cruz in that situation. I was rooting know? for Cruz. Like, I, I, I'm not like I think like Paul Newman 
and is such a likable actor. It's just like, it's hard to like see him in a role where it's like, man, like and despise him in a way, you know? Cause like you think of like, I mean, all these classics that he's been a part of, he's like a music, he's a acting icon, but uh, like, I, I just didn't have any sympathy for him at the end. Like it, he played, he, he lost in his own game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Uh, now we're going on to the fourth round. All right. It is my pick again and I'm going drama. There's one that I think is like, this is like the best drama of the 1980s. And another one that I'm just like, this is my favorite drama alongside Rain Man of the 80s. I'm going to go with my favorite over maybe the best. I think we all have a good idea what is considered like maybe the best drama. But I'm going 1989. I'm going Dead Poet Society. I'm going John Keating, Robin Williams, Ethan Hawke, Robert Sean Leonard. I think of the, the, the acting is top notch. If you want to do one uh, detraction from the movie, it's probably like how emotional it is at times. But there are so many rewatchable scenes here, whether it's the Carpe Diem scene, whether it's uh, Todd, like Ethan Hawke's character reciting the poem in front of the class, whether it's uh, standing on the desks and saying, oh, captain, my captain. There is just so many and it's so enjoyable to watch. And you have Robin Williams honing in on this very dramatic role, but then he like sometimes will do these asides and he'll like add in a character. You can tell he's almost like doing his standup like while he's doing this dramatic performance, but it's just enough where it doesn't ruin the performance. If you know what I mean, uh, I'm going to take this movie as a whole. It's awesome. And then his uh, Robin Williams just, I guess this solidified him as like the, as a, a lister and one that could be like relied upon in a, on a dramatic movie. Definitely, definitely. I was doing this research for this draft. I just rewatched the last scene of this movie. It just gets the chills every time. This is like one of the perennial, yeah, like you have to see this scene. Whether you've seen the movie or not, okay, but you have to see the ending to that movie. And it just gets you chills every time. It's unbelievable. Thoughts, boys? Uh, well, you mentioned it just recently about this. And I thought I mentioned, I, I remember seeing this when it first came out. It was powerful. I haven't seen it since because it, it has a sad ending, right? I mean, oh, yeah, you commit suicide or Keating has to leave. Yeah, what? Yeah, so it's just something, even you know, I'm into poetry and all that, but the, the, the fact that it, it's, it's a real heavy movie, it, it's something that I, I can't really focus on, but yeah, certainly, obviously, well done for the reasons that you mentioned. It's just something I don't know, I don't know if all. I like to always think that like he references his his like his girlfriend, wife, or like someone that he admires, like is back in England. So I just think like, okay, he's leaving the school, he's going to England, he's gonna teach there and just live his life, you know? And it's it's BS that it's, it's all pinned on him, like in the way in the way like the movie depicts and everything and how like the school depicts, but that's just how boarding school worked and it showed that he was like an anomaly compared to like the system and everything, you know? So I, I, like, I thought the ending, like, yeah, it's sad. And yes, it's like very emotional and it'll make you like want to break down like towards the end, but it makes the acting all that more powerful. In my opinion, Ethan Hawke and like this whole young cast is like brilliant. Like Charlie, uh, Charlie Nuwanda is like one of the most like electric, like high school actors I've seen. Like he's, he's nuts. He's, he's awesome. Right. You guys remember Nuwanda, right? I don't. Charlie knew like you can call me Nuwanda. He brings mm-hmm. the girls to the meeting. He's taking the, the lipstick. He's doing war paint on it. Right. He's yep, like when they're yep. doing the walking scene, he's like exercising my right to not participate and all that. Like he's, he's an electric factory. Uh, Olek, what do you think about the pick? Oh, I, I, 
I think it was a turning point in Robin Williams's career. Um, I, that opened the door. I think uh, he did so well with that that I don't think he gets awakenings, which is in the '90s, early '90s. Mm -hmm. He does, doesn't do that role. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I um, the, the iconic scenes are the iconic scenes. You know, uh, again, uh, a couple of us in the family are educators who, who, who wouldn't want to have that affection from your students for you and uh, to have that affection for you, your students by the teacher in an appropriate way. Gotcha. Yeah. Great points by the educator himself. Uh, Olek, I'm going to throw it right back to you to continue the fourth round. Okay. <clears throat> you know, um, I was hoping some of my picks would be picked. <laughs> oh no. Um, a comforting feeling, usually. <laughs> no, well, no, I know, I, you know, um, all right, I'm going to go. I'm Drum roll, please. I know, I know. It's Shot like, clock. Uh, I know. Um, I got three to squeeze in here, and I can't. I'm going to go. It was mentioned uh, loosely by mistake earlier, but I'm going to I'm gonna go miscellaneous, and I'm going to go Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> and I'm going to, in doing so, if, because of all the other Star Trek movies that then get attached to that, the first Star Trek, the motion picture was in 1979, so that's not part of this, and it, that was really bad anyway. Um, so, uh, but Wrath of Khan, uh, uh, um, my brother and I are huge Shatner fans. And for the moon, uh, the, the space. Yeah, I know uh, how 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 awesome for him to get to do that, and uh, um, for them to have gone and looked at the original uh, TV episodes to pull. I was scared watching the episode with Khan because it really looked like Captain Kirk in the TV show episode was not going to make it, and you know, bringing back Ricardo Montalban and. Um, pulling it off and you know uh, kudos to Shatner too in that moment when he yells God uh, just um, just uh, for because we're talking 80s blockbusters the 80s resurrected the Star Trek franchise because everything that you now have with the new series again if the 80s movies if start if Wrath of Khan doesn't pull it off then you don't have all of what then follows. And it did have the iconic death scene of Spock, which then they actually went back and did another version of it with the more modern age Star Trek, which has been done extremely well. Love those two. Um, but Star Trek, Wrath of, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. And like you talked about the resurrection of like Star Trek during the 80s. You think that's because of Star Wars? No, because Star Wars, they already they tried with the 1979 motion picture. It was called Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Yeah, I heard it's a bomb. Right? To, like terrible. It, it was just boring as heck. Uh, reading Shatner's uh, uh, biographies and Nimoy's uh, about how the poorly, you know, from the actor's point of view, it was done. You know, so Star Wars really, if Star Trek was going to get a, a shot of adrenaline from that. They missed it. So they needed to pull off Wrath of Khan well, or else they were pretty much dead in the water. 
maybe like the DC universe. Steve, oh, any any thoughts? So Rathacon, obviously, great great movie, and the original uh, Star Trek. I think it was Bonnie Bay was the name of the episode. Where yeah, I remember watching that, being terrified of 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 Khan, where he just he was so even where he went like this to channel his his strength, then he's able to open up the door and then just <laughs> flips his guard over it just, and his command. And for the movie, you know, he did a lot of push-ups. So he looks very, I don't know how old he was when he was, did the, the, the movie, but he looked very imposing. Just everything about that was, was, was clearly very, very powerful. And, and we talked about how it ended, but uh, he's got to be like one of the all-time villains in, in like a top 10 list con. He must have been on that uh, Herschel Walker fitness plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a great pick. All right. It's, it's off the beaten path a little bit. We're talking about big Star Wars talk here, diverting a little bit. Shout out to Shatner. Shout out to Space. Right. He actually went. So, Ricky Flex, your fourth rounder. Okay. I'm in a pickle. I love pickles. I feel like the Oscar category is pretty thin as in it's not thin, but like, cause they're all great movies, but at least for me, I didn't love a lot of the Oscar winners. So that's why I, I kind of evaded the system just somewhere to elected. Um, that sounded it. So with that, I think that coincides with drama being thinner. Cause like you think of the eighties, you think of the blockbusters and the comedies. And I think we've centered around those mostly in this draft so far. So I think I should have, my dramas are getting picked left and right. So I'm, uh, I don't know what to do. I think I'm gonna, all right, this is unrewatchable, but it's just that good of a movie that yeah, should be picked. And I'm afraid it won't be picked in this draft if I don't do it now. So no, I'm going to pick it. I'm going to pick it. If you don't raging bull would be the answer. It's too good of a movie to not be picked in an 80s draft for best 80s movies, even though it is unrewatchable in my eyes. Just the nature of it. And so when Ricky Flick says unrewatchable, that's kind of like a shout out to our blog series. I don't know if you guys know, and I don't know if you have read on the driveinpod.com, but it's movies that they're not necessarily bad. It's like you just can't get the strength to watch it a second time. It's not like you're going to turn on Raging Bullets on TNT. Oh, I got to sit through this one and watch Robert De Niro beat the ever-loving crap out of the, out of this woman. Like, you don't want to see that. You don't yeah. want to see it. And it's a it's a fantastic movie. Scorsese, like, honestly, in my opinion, should have got Best Director for this, and then he should have won for Goodfellas. It's a long story within Hollywood. De Niro gets the Oscar. You're taking this in miscellaneous. Is that right? I'm going to take it for drama. Drama. Okay, gotcha. We don't right. have sports categories, so like I think this is fine for that category. Fits. Boys so, agree. Um, like, yeah. So Stevo and Olek, I wanted to say like when this movie came out, was Scorsese a huge name at this point? And like, were people like talking about this movie at the extent like people look at it today? Oh, I you're you're funny. I said it, it's it's unrewatchable. I found it unwatchable. I never saw it. I never saw the movie. Wow. Holy I've crap. seen clips where it's one clip. I where, haven't seen it. Yeah, see, it's, it just it didn't <laughs> have a draw to me. Really for me. I was young. I, it was 1980, it 80, right? You're probably like yeah. 13. Yeah. No, 80. I, I was 
Dying. Oh yeah, it was, it was 80, 80. I kept thinking it was 82. Yeah, you're right. Because I, I just so I knew what it was going to be about, right? So I, I have seen clips of it. And is that the one where, sure. where uh, his girlfriend says, oh, this, this, the, the opponent he's going to be fighting is kind of good looking and De Niro takes exception and beats the crap out of him. And the guy in one of his hands is, He's not good looking anymore. It's like he's extremely jealous. So that lines up with his character. Yeah. It's an yeah. Yeah. And then in the end, does he gain weight? He's like a lounge singer or just like some. So it's like been? a classic, yeah. like a Scorsese movie where it's like this guy who's on top and then they, yeah. they have this like epic descent into failure and then like obviously into turmoil and everything. So yeah, he did. He did like his, he's, I think De Niro's best known in the movie for his like total transformation. That's probably why he got the Oscar where he's turning into this Jack behemoth and then turning into this loaf of a man, like who's trying to, trying to do stand up comedy and own a nightclub. And then obviously gets busted at the end for the nightclub. Sorry to spoil it for you guys, but it doesn't sound like you're going to watch it anyway. No, but actually that, that I remember, I think talk on that, where he did, you know, change his body for the role and that he got a lot of, you know, street cred for that, where he gained a lot of weight and all that. And, I think that I don't know if that was he started that trend where you know Christian Bale has done that and other mm -hmm. actors have. So this is and this is like off De Niro's like okay he had Godfather two then he had Taxi Driver like then he, he's going to Raging Bull it's like an insane three three movie run maybe it's Incredible like the best run. three movie run out of any actor ever I would say three movie run Godfather two Taxi Driver Pacino and then Raging Bull oh Pacino it's insane. Uh, and I've never time. seen Taxi Driver either. Like Raging Bull, it is a fantastic movie, even though it might be a, considered unrewatchable. But I also think, like Steve O, you mentioned how De Niro like, gained weight for the time. He gained like he gained like uh, so so many pounds for this role, and he also trained in boxing. Like you said, you mentioned like he's like one of the one of the first times you like, recognize an actor really trying for a role here, really doing a makeover. But also, I want to say like. You have Rocky coming out during this time in 76. So before this, you had other boxing movies coming out. What does Scorsese do to make it a little different? Puts it in black and white. Puts it in black and white, stands out. And like, obviously, 76 was also the same year as Taxi Driver. So he was probably, and uh, uh, for Rocky. So he probably was like, all right, well, I could, didn't win there. I want to win for this movie. He's trying to make it different than the others, particularly against Rocky, at least that's in my opinion like that's why i did it so raging bull for me is my fourth pick all right good pick ricky flex although half of us have seen it uh steve-o you're <laughs> up with your fourth rounder all right i'm going i'm excited miscellaneous and i guess i'll just say it and then i'll explain flash dance <laughs> let's go I, I had that high on, I had that high on one of my lists so 1983 I, I remember seeing this in the theater I remember seeing it a second time I was jogging at the high school track and a friend stopped this car and said hey I want to go you want to see it so I actually saw it twice in the theater incredible movie on so many levels and I just rewatched the ending scene 
the ending scene gives you goosebumps and chills. You know, the, you know, the music, what she's doing, the dancing, how, how it all works out. It's, and, you know, Jennifer Beals is great. The, the, in the, at the club where she's doing the dancing, those are amazing dances, the, the, the choreography, everything, the, the characters. Uh, what was interesting, this is what, like a first for me and for a lot, where when I watched it, it, I didn't realize the body double because there's a body double for most of it. And I was like so disappointed when I realized but watch knowing that it's clearly mm-hmm. double not her, but mm-hmm. a fantastic movie. Uh, I mean, the, the whole story of you know her friends uh, and um, you know the, the, what she does. She's an iron worker or you know a, a welder. I, it, it, to me, I, I loved the movie. I absolutely loved the movie. And yeah, great, great original was, song. Hell yeah. of an original yeah. song. Yes. Um, the flash dance, and also around that time, it was a year later. Footloose came out, so those were the movies that started where music could sell a movie. Besides mm. the movie selling, Purple movie. Rain '84. So, so, so flash dance uh, was, I think, in the uh, was um, the spring, and then. Footloose in the fall of 83 and but uh you know certainly you know even Vince Vaughn's character in uh the interns right uh, internship yeah internship you know does a Deadpool too uh, references it and brings it in at the in the climax so you know bringing it to a whole new generation <laughs> mm. Sick song. Such a good song. I'll put that on every once in a while. Definitely a guilty pleasure. I would assume this film might be a guilty pleasure of sorts for Steve O. <laughs> you got oh yeah you got it have you seen the movie of course oh, yeah. of course so i mean we live with we live with olek over there we i used to <laughs> it's it's just a phenomenal movie I, and just when seeing it the first time i, I it's it was it was just wow and mm-hmm. i mean even breathtaking she's working out in, in her studio spinning you know, putting on those socks or whatever those type of socks are and spinning like, maniac like, maniac like, what yeah, are maniac. Maniac. when she's eating yes 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 and the tips yeah it's so good eating lobster with her boss in the restaurants i mean what she does with her foot it's just uh it it's iconic so great 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 movie interesting pick once again from steve l we're on to the fifth round you're up again all right i i feel bad for my comedy pick i have to say people are gonna like groan and say this this it's because I, I i checked it's listed as a comedy porkies comedy drama family so the comedy's light on it but i needed like when i do my tea factor when i do like jim croce or whatever i'm honoring them this movie needs to be honored how it was 1980 there are a lot of movies in 1979 that i love that you know we you know they on the what the family went to see together that, you know, 1979, this 1980, I'm going my bodyguard. Wow. <laughs> Damn, 
Oh, I showed us that movie. I remember, I think it was like New Year's. We had this tradition where we would watch like four different movies on New Year's. And he's like, you gotta see my bodyguard. And we're like, what are we talking about? Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner? He's like, no, not the bodyguard or bodyguard, my bodyguard. And I'm like, what the hell is this? It was a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. Again, the comedy is, it's, it's, it's there, but a little light. I mean, certainly the drama, but just the whole theme. That's Adam Baldwin's first role, early role for Matt Dillon. It, yeah. Was he the Matt bully? Dillon. Yes. Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. I remember this. He, like, he's the prototypical bu- yeah. 80s bully. If you look at it, like, oh, that guy played a high school bully. It was Matt, it was Matt Dillon. <laughs> it's, it, and then the kid just was so innocent looking, vulnerable. Uh, it's just like a buddy flick. And I, I just loved that movie. And so I, I wanted, I wanted to make sure it, it, someone spoke for it, even though it's kind of a tight fit for, for comedy. But my body, you mentioned the bodyguard, you Uh-oh. know, that's Whitney Houston. So my buddy and I, Pete, you know, we went to see that. Oh yeah, it's going to be the bodyguard. It's, it's, it's like going to be cool. And so we're there sitting side where Whitney Houston starts saying, and uh, well, we just look at each other. Oh man, what? What, what, what movie do we start? You put, slowly put your put your arm around them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, some popcorn. <laughs> all time soundtrack, maybe all time number one soundtrack, honestly, to a movie. Um, uh, potential so, Olek, uh, my bodyguard, huh? Powerful movie. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. definitely. Um, and again, fond memories because again, it was. Uh, elect the family pick <laughs> where we it was not we, a family pick you picked it for the family <laughs> it's a difference uh, my parents picked it. i don't think we i don't i don't know how my parents some at times uh thought of what movies we we're gonna go see because like caddyshack we were all excited to see it stripes would be another one we're really excited oh, yeah. to see hey, oh teasing picks teasing picks so um so uh but uh, we, we went as a family to see Manhattan with Woody Allen. That was a black and white movie. Now, I think it was 79. Nice. So I think that turned me off to black and white movies from the modern era, which mm-hmm. is probably why I didn't get that interested in Raging Bull a year later. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned Manhattan. We were all excited. Oh, an R-rated movie, except it was cerebral and just like, oh, man, this blows. Yeah. yeah, we're going to move on from this Woody Allen talk. Uh, yeah. We're going to go on to uh, Ricky Flix's next pick, round out your draft. Yes, my final pick is miscellaneous. Um, it's like, do I want to do another comedy? Do I want to do an action movie? Like, What do I want to do here? What do I want to do? I think let's just keep things interesting. And I will pick... Wow. Um crap shot clock yeah i'll go with the breakfast club just that's the 80s that's gonna round out my draft I think that, yeah, the, yeah, the obviously Dr. O doing the arm up, Emilio Estevez and the Brat Pack themselves 
all together, almost everybody together. I think this is the best Brat Pack movie out of the options. We haven't mentioned, we've mentioned the Brat Pack with when we talked about Ferris Bueller, but we didn't, haven't picked any Brat Pack movies yet. They're not that good. But they're the 80s, and they're the, like, that is the essential. So I will get one on my board, and I'm going to pick the best one, The Breakfast Club. This is also, like, I mean, you talked about the moment putting the fist up, talked about the song, right? Don't, don't you. Like, really good. Uh, I mean, Judd Nelson, was he, like, 30 when this came out? He does not look like a high schooler whatsoever in this movie. Mm. Can we agree? Yeah, definitely not. I don't, I don't, I don't know how old he was. Uh, I didn't think... He- I didn't think he was that old, but uh, rewatchability is high for this one, though. Rewatchability is definitely high high on this one. And then it even has the great supporting characters with like the principal. Now you talk about the core cast, the janitor principal, like like having their like like three seconds of like spotlight and everything like that. You mess with the bull, get the horns type of guy. (laughs) Yes. Uh, and I like the dance scene is great when they all smoke and stuff. And like, it's like, wow, it's just like, it's just like all these different characters coming together that like are such a mishmash. It's just like a classic feel good high school movie by the end. That's what John Hughes was so good at. And this probably, this movie probably defines his career. So I agree. Great pick. And I was hoping someone would, would pick this because I, I'm very, you know, very fun. And, you know, the, the song is great. And, I have like a mentoring program at work and I have different topics for mentoring and I have, I call the breakfast club syndrome where at the very end, it was it Molly Ringwald said, when we're at school, when we're next at school, are we going to acknowledge each other or are we just going to go our separate ways? And so when Michael Hall said that, Oh, oh yeah. Did he say, right, yes. So right. when you're, when you're in training or working with a group, is it going to be self-sustaining is it going to keep up or you just it's not going to last and it's like you never you never went to training or you you never worked with this team so i, I use that so uh, you know great 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 movie and molly ringwald just absolutely broke anthony michael hall with a response yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. broke her yeah are we gonna talk no i'm not gonna acknowledge you whatsoever in the hallways when i see you you're an absolute nerd and after seeing that i was like jesus like this this movie can be brutal at times like with their responses a lot of overacting too if we're, if we're gonna say it like with like like you think about Emilio estevez saying talking about his dad being abusive to him and all that stuff it's a little bit over the top, but and talk about over the top acting, Judd Nelson's character, like the cigarette burns from his dad, yada, yada, yada. But uh, it's good. It's, it's good. I enjoy it. I, uh, where a lot of the movies we've talked about were ones that I saw in the theater and could remember singular moments that are associated with them. This one stood out because I did not see it in the movie theater, but our household was kind of like the hangout on, with a lot of the friends. And I had a large number of people over um and we had rented it and i was i hadn't heard much about it before if someone said yeah they spend the entire movie basically in one room i was thinking how good could this movie be and you know obviously it's Mm -hmm. it's classic and great great uh ricky flicks representing uh john hughes's body of work because there were some other ones that were probably you know a couple notches probably below this but 16 candles would have been another really uh, was one I contemplated on. The voice of the Brat Pack, Ricky Flex. Now we move on to <laughs> Olex, fifth round pick. Hmm. Heard that before. I definitely think that I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to name the biggest 
grossing blockbuster, I think it's going to make it all the way through and not get picked. We'll see. That's my guess. Probably not. But uh, uh, I'm going to, and it was another one. All right. I'm going to go with Lethal Weapon. For Blockbuster. Well, yes, because um, could be theoretically uh, Lethal Weapon 2, whichever way you want to say for Blockbuster, because I really think Lethal Weapon 2 is bigger than Lethal Weapon 1. And um, I think that, uh, you know, because a lot of people didn't see Lethal Weapon 1, but then became aware of when Lethal Weapon 2, they really kind of exploded. And um, I think it redefined the buddy cop the, 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 the buddy cop uh, genre and uh, obviously continued to go on. And um, it really, you know, I know Road Warrior was huge for Mel Gibson, but I think that uh, Lethal Weapon was, uh, you know, he was a hero that, you know, certainly the chicks dug him and the guys, this guy's so cool. Wish we could be like that cool, you know? Thoughts, boys. Well, we talked to the last week about Lethal Weapon 5 coming out. And Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson directing, and Mel Gibson will be directing. Um, obviously, since uh, Richard Donner passed away, but um, no, I think this is a good pick. I personally am not, and I think just because I think uh, like there's been four Lethal Weapon movies, and they're kind of like repeatable a little bit, at least in my eyes. Um, so I'm not the biggest Lethal Weapon fan, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have picked it, but definitely like worthy of being in the top. What is it? We're 20 picks here. I think it's worthy. Uh, if you're a lethal weapon fan, let alone like they're making one in 2021, that means like there's a huge audience for it. So now it's a good pick. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's a good pick. And I thought about that. I also thought a lot about road warrior where again, the, the range Mel Gibson and road war road warrior. He is so charismatic on the screen. Just, just he doesn't even have to say much. And then in Lethal Weapon, he, I, in my mind, he owns the screen and he's playing a completely Definitely. different character. Like almost Three Stooges kind of. <laughs> and so I, 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 I'm a big fan of, of Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. And Gary Busey. Gary Busey, yes. Lethal Weapon. Like that's great. I'm a big Gary Busey. Joe Pesci. Fan. Isn't Joe Pesci in that? He's the. Uh, oh, the two, yeah, not in the first one. too. He's in two, three, and yeah. four. Gotcha. What's the uh, parody? Um, Loaded Weapon, the parody movie. Oh, Emilio yes. Estevez. With Emilio Estevez. Jackson, right? Yes, yes, yes. And Emilio Estevez. Yeah. When was that made? I don't, or uh, was that in the eighties or was that later? It was. It was in the eighties. Um, I thought no it was pretty pick. good, but it, but it, it, uh, it, it, not quite what I was hoping. <laughs> the parody. Mm. Okay, so we're on to Mr. or Mrs. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft. Boy, we left off so many iconic movies here. So no. I'm just going to have to pick one of them. Uh, we'll go on to honorable mention, so I won't list off all the ones that I'm considering right now. Man, I'm just going to go die hard. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? 
Like Die Hard needs to be picked in this draft, like for action. That's what I know. I know this is miscellaneous for me. I need a miscellaneous. So, I mean, maybe the quintessential action movie. And like we talk about the John Wicks of the world, right? And all these like, okay, Liam Neeson's, right? With the Taken franchise, like the one man standalone, taking on everybody, bring them on. Bruce Willis, yippee Kaye. This is like the one that like everyone took the blueprint of, you know, where he's just like absolutely eviscerating everyone that comes in his path. It's, it's a lot like harder to do. So it's got the iconic villain with Hans Gruber played by Alan Rickman. Rest in peace. You can argue if it's a Christmas movie or whatever. I'm not picking it under the Christmas category because we don't have it. Maybe that's why I'm doing miscellaneous die hard. Mr. Irrelevant. I, I, yeah, I, I was toying I, with uh, that one for me. Same. Too good. Um, I went, I I went, I went leave the weapon instead because we got two of them in the eighties. I don't think the sequel for Die Hard came until after. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Unbelievable. Like I can't. Uh, we're about. So I'm gonna read through the draft list. Right. We're gonna go team by team. We'll go through honorable mentions. Uh, we'll do it by category. Maybe you guys list two or three that you had. It's a wide ranging draft. We're doing a whole decade of movies. So. Steve-O has, with the number one overall pick, he took Platoon for action blockbuster. Uh, he has Bad Boys for drama. He has Purple Rain as his Oscar winner. Flashdance in the miscellaneous category. And finally, My Bodyguard for, uh, for comedy. Next up, Ricky Flex has Empire Strikes Back as his action blockbuster. He has Back to the Future as his Oscar winner. Uh, he has Ferris Bueller's Day Off for his comedy. Raging Bull for drama, and then finally The Breakfast Club for his miscellaneous. Next, Olek has Caddyshack for comedy, Batman 1989 as his, as his Oscar winner. I had to pause for a second. An officer and a gentleman for drama, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan for miscellaneous, and then finally Lethal Weapon for action blockbuster. Dr. O rounds it out with Airplane for comedy, Raiders of the Lost Ark for action blockbuster, Rain Man for Oscar winner, Dead Poet Society for drama, and finally Die Hard for a miscellaneous pick. Boys, we left so many action blockbusters on the board here. Let's start there. Ricky Flicks, why don't you give me two or three that you had, and we'll go around the horn. So a big one that we left off is the Terminator. Huge. I didn't pick it because I'm a T2 guy. So I wasn't going to pick Terminator in my draft if I prefer the sequel. So that was a big one. Blade Runner. Blade Runner is massive miss. Shocked that Steve-O didn't pick Blade Runner. I think for me, just because of all the controversies around like director's cut, final cut, theatrical version, I don't want it, that controversy in my team. So not on my board. Um, I, I, no, I, there's so many here for action blockbuster. I'll stop it there and let someone else go. Uh, Steve-O, what do you got? Uh, give me two or three that you had for honorable mentions. Action blockbuster. What? Well, of course, you know, I, I, you know, Terminator, Road Warrior, and also, uh, you know, Blade Runner, I, I, I wanted in there for a number of reasons. But First Blood, too. First Blood was... Yep. That, that, was that 80s? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It was 83. 82. That, 82. Wow. That is iconic. That's an, that's one we can watch over and over in that early scene. Adrian First Blood. He's in the sheriff's office. Yep. He flips out. That's like an iconic scene. All right. Any other ones? Or we want to elect? 
So we're staying with action blockbuster. Yeah, just give me two, two or three that you had on the board. Uh, Top Gun, Ghostbusters, Beverly Hills Cop. Top Gun, Ghost. I mean, Ghostbusters is a huge mess. I had that under comedy. It can go in a couple different ones. Um, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop was a huge mess. Beverly Hills Cop, one of the huge, like, the, I mean, we didn't, was awesome we, didn't, we didn't have a single Eddie Murphy movie. That's crazy. I'll move on with a couple of mine. I had uh, E.T. I mean, that's, that's E.T. One. I, I, I love E.T. I think it's a great movie, although I can't stand like sometimes Henry Thomas's whining little voice, but it's, it's fine. a lot. We, we move along, we move along. You ever see his audition tape? It's one of the best YouTube yes. The best, yes. one of the best YouTube clips you can ever look up. Henry Thomas yes. uh, audition tape for ET. He got the part like right after he said his first sentence. So good. Uh, I also had Superman two. I want to show. I, I thought Steve O would show some love there with his honorable mentions. RoboCop. RoboCop. One of the coolest wow. looking like sci-fi characters. Like I, I think of all time. And it was like kind of revolutionary in the way, like, okay, looking at how law enforcement's gonna be in the future, it's not really out of the realm of possibility at this point. Um, Predator, I had, and then right. aliens, Predator and Aliens. But let's move on to uh, our comedy section. Uh, let's not repeat any, but Ricky Flex, let's go around the horn. What do you got? Princess Bride, I think that's one. Wow. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, I think someone mentioned Stripes earlier, that one, Big. Like Big's massive, like Tom I, Hanks. I, that's the one I was debating. I wanted Big or Die Hard or Terminator at the end. One of three. What a combination. Huge range. Um, yeah, I think I think those are some huge ones. And I just want to say this one because we kind of alluded to it earlier with the parody talk. Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Mm. That's a great comedy. That's a lot so of fun. Good. Rick Moranis. Like we obviously talked about him because he got punched in the face, sucker punched in the face in New York City. But let's not let's not forget like. He's awesome. I love Rick Moranis. And I think in Spaceballs, that might be my favorite role Rick Moranis has ever done. Love I was hoping we'd get a cameo of like Rick Moranis and the Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, yeah. That would have been cool. But uh, Steve, what do you got for comedy? Well, I won't repeat, but so Overboard with Goldie Hawn. I, I really liked that movie. Pretty in pink. It's, it's a comedy kind of drama, but I remember seeing that in the theater in a college and Great soundtrack, and I, I really like that movie. So those those two popped for me. Black, better off dead. Tootsie. I knew. I can't believe you didn't draft this. Yes, Black. You I was talking about this movie. movie. I was like, okay, Black. If he has a chance to get the number one pick, he will take Better Off Dead because he loves John Cusack and he loves that movie. And um, uh, oh my gosh, just drew a blank on what I was going to say. Um. Oh, geez. Take your time. Uh, it's already been two hours. So, uh, well, what do you think? Fast I, times are going high. Fast yeah. times are high. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That deserved to be drafted. Yeah. That deserved to be drafted. Uh, any other ones? Well, well I'll, I'll say this because I was going to name a few too. Candles. Well, 16 real candles. Quick. And planes, trains, automobiles. Ooh, I had that one. Yeah. Thanksgiving movie. Um, real quick. I did a prediction of like what Olek would draft. I did pick Rathacon and I did pick Batman, but I thought I would see a better off dead pick. That was like, that was the first one I wrote down. Like as in like predicting your draft, Olek, I was like That's better I, off dead. That was when I was so hemming and hawing in the last pick. I was really going to 
pick uh, mm. Better Off Dead or Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, in terms of comedies, I got three left here. Good Morning Vietnam. I'm, I'm shocked I didn't get drafted. I guess it's either that or like Dead Poet Society, if you're going to pick like one of a Robin Williams roles. Mm. Uh, Bull Durham. No one picked Bull Durham. I, I believe that's late 80s. And then finally, one of my favorites that I actually saw for the first time a couple of weeks ago, Midnight Run. A Midnight Run is uh, one of my favorite 80s movies, I would say. It entered that pantheon for me. But let's move on to drama. Coming to Ricky. America, too. Same oh, way. Coming to America is good, Ricky Flex. Let's move on to drama. What do you got? Drama, drama, drama. Um, well, I'm not a huge uh, Full Metal Jacket guy, but I think that's a big one. Uh, drama, drama. That's the that's the war movie I didn't want to disclose. Yeah. Um, Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse. I think like you, you could say like drama kind of, but uh, yeah, I think that, and uh, I don't know, like this is like not a drama, but I guess based on our categories would be that or miscellaneous, the shining, the shining is a big miscellaneous. Shining. Yeah. So that'd be miscellaneous. So, all right, let's get that. Steve. Oh, well, not to repeat, but one that really I toyed with was stand by me. Hmm. That one, that one is very powerful, very powerful. So, and, you know, you have Blade Runner, but you know, you know, that Stand By Me was the one that I, I toyed with. Leck. Fatal Attraction. Oh, yeah. Ah. One close, it actually, crazy in that um, movie. Rocky 3, Rocky 4, because um, uh, I, I saw Rocky 4 in the movie theater four times. Yeah, I uh, thought that was another one I had written down for you that I thought you were going to pick. Times you saw Rocky Four. What? You saw four times. four times in theater? Four different, four different. I went on a date. I went with three different friends, different times. Wow. Big Rocky That's four. crazy. And, uh, and the music. Wait, wait. You know, so I was, Eye of the Tiger and all that stuff. Eye of the Tiger and all that stuff. I mean, Eye of the Tiger, they started, they, they had uh, MTV video fights. And so Eye of the Tiger was the first like you became a week uh, a champ if you the video stayed on there for 10 weeks straight or something like that so it gets retired and the time mm-hmm. i mean that came out with mr t and everything iconic 80s character also don't sleep on the rocky force soundtrack uh hearts on fire john cafferty and then frank stallone uh there's no easy way out don't sleep on it training montage did we lose Olek again? Robert. Oh, there he is. Robert Kepler. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Robert Kepler is no easy way. I, I think it would. So didn't Frank Stallone do all the music for like the sequel uh, to Saturday Night Fever? Was it Staying Alive? Uh, yes. And uh, he did most of uh, Rocky 3. Rocky 4 didn't have much of a role in. Interesting. Uh, in terms of drama, I had Hoosiers and the Untouchables to add on. Hoosiers and the Untouchables. Uh, miscellaneous, that could have been like Hoosiers. But like uh, get any any other remaining uh, honorable mentions we want to get to before we kind of wrap up here? Well, for miscellaneous, I thought a, a good one for miscellaneous would have been Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Stand-up. Ooh. That's, that truly is a miscellaneous. Or Raw, yeah. right? Well, Delirious was, I think, when he was in the red, yeah. the red suit. I remember Delirious like, is funny. having that on, like, at parties. Oh, also, I just, what's the one? 48 hours. 48 hours. 
Kentucky Fried Movie was that late seventies or eighties? Because that was always that's a I great seventy nine. Oh, okay. That preceded Airplane, so it had to be seventy nine. You guys love that movie. All right, and also just real quick, The Last Dragon eighty five. That's a great movie. And then Flash Gordon. I really like think. That. Yep, Flash Gordon was nineteen eighty. Uh, Olek sounds like he's on like the planet that's in the background of Steve O's like screen. <laughs> that's how that's how his voice is right now. Like he's he's on he's on Mars with Doctor Manhattan, mm. and we lost Arthur. him again. Wait, there he is. Is he here? Or is he not? <laughs> I'm here, Arthur. TV show? No, the movie. <laughs> I know. I oh, the Arthur's theme. Was okay. You saw it. Oh my God. I didn't know you saw it. Russell Brand. Yeah, I saw it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see I didn't Arthur see with more in the movie theater. I saw it after the fact because I wasn't, when I was younger, I, he didn't strike me that funny. I gained an appreciation for it years later. Yeah. I know you love your Christopher Cross. I know you love your Christopher Cross. I would, love, I would have loved for you to take that for Oscar movie, Arthur. Oh. That would great. It was in my category. Um, any other final ones before we uh, wrap up here? Uh, Blues Brothers. I think that would have been interesting. Is that 80? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is Spinal Tap, Dr. O. I thought you ah! might pick that. I didn't I even thought, think of it. I was thinking that maybe you would pick that. Um, Mississippi Burning is a great drama as well. Another Willem Dafoe, Gene Hackman as well. But uh, yeah. I'd really like that one. Wall Street. I think Wall Street, like Michael Douglas, that's Michael Douglas. Um, always will be like a investment banker, just finance guy. Um, karate kid. I'm not a big karate kid, but I thought Steve O might go that way. Um, and then I guess another one would be Scarface. Scarface for me would be like the final one. Um, I, I, I wanted to bring up, uh, three more field of dreams. Didn't get picked 1989, uh, who framed Roger rabbit. I was debating for miscellaneous. Mm. And then finally a shout out to, the 80s athletes that I have in front of me, uh, Only the Young, Journey was the main theme of this song. Matthew Modine, high school wrestler, Vision Quest. Oh, Vision I remember Quest. that. That was a great good movie. Great that movie. Was. And actually, I had yeah. Roger Rabbit as Oscar for original song, so I, I did has, have that there part. But yeah, Vision Quest, that was a great movie. Fantastic movie. I like I watched it on the bus home. We went on a Cooperstown trip in high school after a baseball game. Our coach was like, We're putting on this movie. Everyone was hating, like that we're watching a movie from 1985. And I like, I know my dad always showed me movies from the 80s, didn't like phase me one bit. I was actually shocked. I've never heard of this 80s sports movie, but it got me going. It was great. And all of the young's like probably top three favorite journey songs. Uh, I want to thank Steve O and Olek for joining us for this draft. It's great that we have this on Thanksgiving week. Getting the family together, all right? This is what the holidays are all about. Ultimate 80s draft in the books. Thank you guys for joining us this evening. Thank you. Nice, Thank you. nice job. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll make sure this is on the YouTube and you're going to be able to listen to it on the podcast uh, as a podcast too. Uh, for Ricky Flicks and I, this has been the Drive-In Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Make sure that you are following following Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at The Drive-In Pod. Until next time, we will smell you.